Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys Live. Live. My name is Chris. And I'm Anthony. Hello. Anthony. Hey, Christopher. How are you doing, my friend? Much better. Excellent. You sound much, much, much better. better. Thank you. I've been editing our Spider-Man No Way Home episode to release mm-hmm. on Monday, and I was excited to like, I, I got the new kind of audio set up by finally getting my office put together. Still got a blank wall behind me. Don't that, That'll change. I'm going to be working from the screen back, right? And uh, I, was, I was excited to edit and see, you know, well, what, what am I going to have to do differently? And man, do I sound sick. I sound <laughs> so bad. My voice is super deep. I had to like, I, I had to completely, I'm going to have to EQ and, and no. just do After Effects on that one completely differently than the next and than this. But no, leave it on. Oh, leave. <laughs> you can't hear you. Like when I'm chuckling, because I'm just so boomy because of my voice <laughs> is so deep. And the gain was was still a bit too much. But Fair no, on. I feel great. And for everyone out there, I, I just had a sore throat. I like a little chest cold, a little mild chest cold. All the tests came back negative. So, oh yeah, yeah. I I still don't know what I had because bronch, strep, the flu, COVID, all came negative. And I mm. like I used to get strep every single year. I think I mentioned that strep, you, mm-hmm. like not like the flu or a cold. I've had wow. Okay, no, well, I don't think you've ever mentioned that to me. I, I still have my I still have my tonsils, and they're all jacked up. Mm. And so they usually fill up with bacteria. So now, now every night, in order to prevent that, I usually just gargle, you know, mouthwash or hydrogen Weird. peroxide. But you know, I strep once. I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't understand. I don't think I knew what strep was. Like I, I just assumed I had the flu mm. or like like a real bad congestion, sinus infection, whatever. So I was taking all this medicine for like flu and cold and sinus symptoms, which nope. does not help with strep whatsoever. Nope, nope, nope. I might have told this story before. I didn't sleep for 48 hours because every time I would nod off, I would start, I would just, I couldn't breathe. Right. Like yeah. it would just choke. I couldn't breathe and I would just wake back up. And I was like, man, this, this really sucks. I got to get through this, but I wasn't going to the doctor because that costs money, blah, blah, blah. Welcome to America. But finally, I, w- I started, I was awake for so long that I started hallucinating sounds, started Might hearing things. Might be time. And I was, and I was like, oh, I got to go to the doctor. <laughs> so mm. I tried to find someone to drive me and I drove myself and the nurse looks down my throat <laughs> and she goes, oh, that's, you're just full of puss, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, what? I'm going to die <laughs> Yeah, now. you got you strep. And I was like, what are you talking, what do you mean? <laughs> streptococcus i went home and i looked down my throat and that was the the worst thing i've ever done was look down my own throat when i had strep yeah Um, but i've never my i still have my tonsils i don't have issues with them i don't get like tonsil stones they don't get inflamed so it was a very weird experience Um, and then she goes you probably have strep it might be something else but it doesn't matter because we're not going to test for it because it's still just a, a shot of penicillin or some or some pills like we can give you a shot now and you're good in two days, or you can take these pills over the next like five or 10 days. And I said, no, give me the shot, right? <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with it. I'm not going to remember to take these pills. And they're, she's like, oh, well, it's it's going to hurt. And I was like, it's a shot. I've, I've had so many shots. I'm fine. I'm fine. Anyway, so that hurt real bad. He wasn't fine. <laughs> it was not good. I still would get it over the pills for sure. But they do it. They put it in your butt 
So they put it like the top of my butt cheek there. And the a different nurse, like a younger nurse <laughs> had to come into it. Like the not not the not the head nurse who could actually like prescribe things. And uh, halfway through it, uh, it's still like and I say halfway through because it, it lasts forever. It's like a 15 second shot. It's way too long. And <laughs> I just I just got a turn. Of, yeah, I thought y'all were lying. <laughs> I was like, what about what? I was like, yeah, this hurts. Yeah. <laughs> she just starts laughing at me. And I'm like, don't laugh. That When you laugh, it moves your hands. <laughs> and you got a needle in your hands that's in me. I don't appreciate this lady. <laughs> and then they charged me $200 for a diagnosis. And they didn't even diagnose me. They just treated me. It was on the little itemized bill. Anyway, Welcome so that was not about to America. the Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. The Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. We actually... Uh, watch and review uh, sci-fi and sci-fi adjacent visual entertainment media. Uh, and then yeah. maybe in the future we'll do other things, but for right now it's movies, television shows, web shorts, short films, streaming television, whatever you might yes. find. Whatever it might be. We'll watch it. We're doing a theme. We're reviewing Apple TV content this month. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a few days ago on the live stream, or last week if you're listening to this, a normal podcast uh, app, uh, we reviewed the pilot episode of Foundation, and we really enjoyed that. Uh, this week, we're doing a movie. I've, I think we've mentioned the name 40 times already, uh, but we watched Finch. 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 Finch is a 2021 American post-apocalyptic science fiction drama film directed by Miguel Sapochnik. Sapochnik? Sapochnik? Yeah. Sapochnik from a spec script written by Craig Luck and Ivor Powell. Um, spec script is also known as a speculative screenplay, is non-commissioned <laughs> and an unsolicited screenplay. Are you? Did you just hover on the little blue link for spec script in Wikipedia and read the first line? Um, I knew what it was, but I wanted the audience to know what a spec script was if they didn't. So. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, I know what a spec script is because my uncle... No, this is a true story. My uncle oh, no, wrote I believe you. a spec script for um this is totally gonna be off topic because it's not science fiction for a a movie it's kind of like it's a mad 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 world where a guy who he's just riding on a train there's this big bully i don't remember the exact details but there's an accident the big bully dies but the bully was like a member of the mob and so the mob's trying to like chase this guy down because they're trying to kill him but as it turns out Mm. the the bully was actually like a police informant and the mob boss knows and so the mob boss is actually trying to reward the character but the police are now after this character as well because they killed the police informant. It, it's supposed to be this big hijinks thing, but he told me he submitted it to a bunch of um, studios and no one ever picked it up. But that's how I knew what the spec script was. So. Nice. All right. Back on topic. <laughs> the spec script was written by Craig Luck and Ivor, Ivor Powell. Uh, the film stars Tom Hanks and Caleb Landry Jones. Caleb Landry Jones. Yes. So... This came out, I mean, obviously this year, exclusive to Apple TV. Well, I believe last year. Oh, last year. It is 2022, everybody. <laughs> Get it together. It is 2022. Anyways, <laughs> so, but I mean, a few months ago, it was originally called BIOS. Um, it was scheduled to be released in theaters by Universal Pictures, but as usual, delayed several times due to global events. It was retitled and then sold to Apple TV. Released on November 5th, 2021. I'm going to go ahead and give you the blurb. I've got the IMDb blurb. On a post-apocalyptic Earth, a robot built to protect the life of his creator's beloved dog learns about life, love, friendship, and what it means to be human. 
Well, I have a slightly different blurb from Apple oh, TV yes, I'd like yes. to share. Go ahead. Uh, Tom Hanks is Finch, a man who embarks on a moving and powerful journey to find a new home for his unlikely family, Dash, his beloved dog, and a newly created robot, Dash, in a dangerous and ravaged world. Yeah. Okay. As far as, b- before we jump into our opinions, let's uh, let's get some facts out of the way. Fact it up. So on IMDb, Finch is sitting at 6.9 nice. out of 10. With 61,000 reviews. A median score, I'm going to guess, of seven. I was right. You have Rotten Tomatoes up. 74% rated fresh based on 156 reviews. An audience score of 66% based on 1,000 ratings. And then Metacritic, as usual, a little lower. Critical meta score of 57 based on 38 critic reviews. And a user score of 6.8. Favorable. Based on 84 ratings. Not bad. We got a, a question in the chat. How much is Finch like Wilson? Well, Finch is the name of Tom Hanks's character, so he's nothing, nothing like Wilson. <laughs> in fact, he's the exact opposite of Wilson. Because <laughs> he's all because he's alive. Because <laughs> he's alive and he's Tom <laughs> he's, Hanks. He's not a volleyball. <laughs> and actually, I mean that's a good that's a kind of that's a good question because this is it starts off this film as a solo Tom Hanks movie. I mean, he has a, a dog, but really before that, he has a robot dog, is what I'm going to call it, named Dewey. I mean, it's not, it's on wheels, but it, it's more or less treated like, like, a, like a dog, a little companion. So I definitely kept expecting to get Castaway vibes, mm-hmm. but I never really, truly got Castaway vibes. Well, speaking of vibes, yeah. I got some vibe checking for you. Oh, God. There were some Castaway vibes, a little bit. Singular human trying to survive in the wild, quote unquote. I also gathered some chappy vibes. I think the chappy vibes are a little obvious. Kind of the robot learning how to become, you know, uh, a citizen of the world for lack of a better. More or less, yeah. Learning about his role in it. and Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a little bit of Book of Eli, a little bit of The Road. Not as dark or as vulgar as those movies. Not at all. Kind of maybe like a boy and his dog, a little bit of post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, survival. But yeah, those are that. that's my vibe check. That's what I got. I assume you Yeah, I mean, it's a post-apocalyptic movie. You have one, a single human. I mean, they they literally, I think, I guess, except for in flashbacks, they never show another human. Speaking oh, of. Alive, I should say. Other humans. Uh-oh. Did you know that this movie had an entire act cut? So if you look at IMDb's full cast list, I don't know if you've actually done that yet. I haven't. But Oscar Avila, Skeet Ulrich, and um, Samira Wiley and Laura Harrier. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Oscar Avila was in this movie. and he's, he's the driver of the thing in the flashback. But Samira Wiley, Skeet Ulrich, Laura Harrier, and Alex Rabin, uh, their roles were all cut in the final version of the film. Oh, I don't see them listed. Where are you finding that information? On Wikipedia. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. they're Ske- not in the full cast list on IMDb. No. Skeet Rich, a.k.a. the winner of the guy I thought was Johnny Depp for Half a Second Award. Every time I see him. So, for Half a Second. Half a Second. Yeah. Nice. Billy Loomis and Scream. Yeah. So, I don't... I don't think we need to break down Tom Hanks. Do you? I mean, I said that about Wesley Snipes, and I said that about <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I said that about Kelsey Grammer. So, do you? Do you? Do you disagree? Do you want to break down Tom Hanks's career at all? 
I mean, we can just you get do the, you we, we can just knock you out the highlights. Um, sure. Obviously, the highlights. I think he is famous for a lot of movies. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember his big break. Is it Splash? Was Splash's first film? Let's see, actor. I wish I could sort this in descending order. I mean, he was in a movie in 1980 called He Knows You're Alone, but I think Bachelor Party and Splash, both released in 1984, followed by The Money Pit in 86, really launched his career. And he's just been a bunch of stuff. I mean, he was in Bosom Buddies before that, yeah. Which I guess isn't like, it wasn't like he just came out of nowhere. He worked Sure, sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, his big break, when he got, like, into Hollywood mm. movies, like, Splash is a really famous and well-loved movie. It's about a guy who finds a mermaid. You know, and then he's in The Money Pit, which is a fantastic movie. And then he was in Big. So, yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, Sleepless in Seattle, League of Their Own. Like, I just, it's a guy who is pretty much, I feel like from 1984 dominated every, every single decade. There is a good Tom Hanks movie. And then there's great Tom Hanks movies. We really. All the way through. I I don't know. Because I think of him, I always remember. Like the big, like Forrest Gump or Apollo right. 13 or sure. Saving Private Ryan, which are just these these huge, big, impactful films. I mean, Philadelphia before that, that kind of permeate the pop culture zeitgeist. But mm-hmm. while he's doing that, he's also doing Sleepless in Seattle. You mentioned A League of Their Own. Uh, you've got Mail. Uh, and then he voices, <laughs> does voice acting in Toy Story. Like you, like you said, I think that the, that's the best way of putting it, is that he has good movies and then he has great movies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at this list, I'm trying to trying to figure out if there's anything that would be a detractor. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just if you look at from 1990 all the way to 2000, just in a row, mm-hmm. um, A League of Their Own, Sleep in Seattle, Philadelphia, Force Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, That Thing You Do, Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail. Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, and Castaway. That's 10 years Man, he of dominance. I, who's his agent for the 90s? Because they <laughs> killed it. That's who killed it. Like, he yeah. he just, I don't know if he got lucky, but we've seen it before. We have really, really great actors that are just plagued with bad projects. They just don't, they can't pick a winning bet. I, I wonder if his greatest, like, attribute has always been decision-making. You know, like picking the right project. Because it's easy. It's easy to pick the wrong one. Yeah. We pick the wrong ones all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he just never, I guess he's never made a bad movie. I mean, I'm sure there are some. I can't think of any. And and on top of that, like everything you hear about him in real life, he seems like such a nice guy. Um, so I, I don't like at the very, at the worst case scenario, Tom Hanks is a great actor who has a great agent. And a really good PR team. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the worst case, right? I mean, it's, which it's very, very unlikely. So, okay. Tom Hanks, fantastic. Um, hopefully he can continue to make films. And he has four, he has three things in post-production, something in pre-production, but that says rumored. And then one mm-hmm. more that's announced. So he's still working. And he's, what is he, 60, 70? 65. 65. July 9th. Yeah. So... He's uh he's still pumping them out. Hopefully that hopefully he doesn't Bruce Willis us in his waning <laughs> career. So I don't know if yeah. you knew this or not, but Tom Hanks has two brothers. Yeah, Jim Jim Hanks and Larry Hanks. Uh, Jim Hanks is an actor who often does voice substitution work. James Lawrence and Thomas. 
And then those are uh, some old names. Larry Hanks is an entomologist. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. Cool. cool. So let's talk about the one other cast member. Caleb Landry Jones. Yep. I didn't I don't recognize him at all. Um he was Banshee in X-Men First Class. Yep. And then I'm looking at the rest of his <laughs> filmography. Um I recognized him from Get Out, mm, but he's in he's in a lot of stuff. He's in the outpost. That. He is in the outpost, something that we'll be watching soon, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm afraid to start watching the outpost because I think that the podcast might devolve into an outpost podcast. We might have to spin that off into something else. <laughs> That's all we'll watch. Yeah. Oh, he was oh, he was Boy on Bike and No Country for mm, Old Men. Good catch. And Boy good at catch. Party and Super Bad. I mean, how could I forget that? Yeah, it's true. You idiot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but no, he got, he had a couple of those background roles. He did um, he was in a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. I don't remember who that character is, Lewis. Uh, he was in five episodes of Friday Night Lights. Uh, so late, you know, the late aughts, you know, he's doing a little bit of television. And then he jumped right into film. I mean, we, you look at it, look at his filmography. You know, 2010, only a couple of roles. 2011, a couple of roles. But the last one being X-Men First Class, where apparently he wanted, he was nominated for a Teen Choice Award for movie chemistry. <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, but then, yeah, then then it's you know three roles in 2012, one one small thing in 2013, four, five, and fourteen. So he's just kind of ramping it up. 18, 19, 20. So he's got this was his last. I don't see. I don't see anything in pre-production for him or post-production. Let me double check here. Yeah. So nothing announced as far as new projects. But how do you? How did you feel about the voice acting? With I'm kind of I'm going to transition us a little bit here. Okay, there are two quote unquote human characters in this movie. I mean, there's the dog, and we all love the dog, and, and there's the little robot dog, uh, Rip. But <laughs> spoilers, they the people knew what they were getting into. <laughs> How did you feel about the robot? Like, were you convinced? Like, was it not because it's there's a lot that goes into that. There's the design mm-hmm. of the robot. There's Tom Hanks reacting to the robot. There's the voice acting. There's the animation of the CGI and whatever practical effects they used. I, I know that there is a, a behind the scenes on the creation of the robot. I didn't watch it. Didn't okay. didn't watch it because I, I'm just going to make assumptions and base all of my beliefs upon that. But what did you think? Did you believe that there was a robot there? Were you able to suspend disbelief? For the, for the first time, listeners slash viewers, we do little to no research of anything that we watch. You like to go in clean slate or clean palette. <laughs> it's a fresh palette, whatever. Um, and from what the, the little information that I've read, Caleb Landry Jones did both the voice acting and the motion capture. Okay. So I did not pretty, know that. That's pretty cool. Uh, in terms of did I believe that there was a, did I believe it was a robot? Up until I read that he did the motion capture, I was convinced that, there was some combination of practical effects, like wires in it, or was it a puppet or something? But now, um, now it just looks like really good CGI. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, so there's nothing practical at all, as I, as far I don't, as I don't know. Yeah, we don't like, have to look into that. It, I think Dewey is definitely a practical robot. I think oh, Dewey's sure. of a believable robot, but uh, s- spoilers, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff the robot. What a name! What a name for a robot, Jeff. <laughs> Like when he when he says, uh, "I've never heard of a dog named Jeff." I, I sat there for a few seconds. So I was like, "Yeah, me neither. Me neither, Tom." <laughs> no, I mean, just is really good CGI. It was good enough CGI to where me, 
sitting on the couch at 11 o'clock in the PM was convinced that there was practical, like full on practical effects. So yeah, same. I I assumed that it was practical and they just touched it up in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just edited out the cables or whatnot. Yeah, no, absolutely. All of that to get into, I guess, my opinion of the movie, which is mm-hmm. we've the long winded way to get there. I really, really liked this. I, I felt this was a solid, solid performance, a, like from everyone. I bring up the I brought up the robot one to ask you about it because you can have Tom Hanks. I mean, we've seen Tom Hanks act opposite of a volleyball, right? Tom Hanks can act. He can do whatever you I need mean, he, him to do. He, he acted right? opposite of a, a volleyball, a fire, a coconut, yeah. some sticks. He, do, um, he stood he alone he in a booth like, and convinced me that he was a wooden toy cowboy. So, I mean. He had fluff, but there was a whole thing where he got ripped. I saw it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so we know he can, but the whole so the whole project hinges on the script it hinges on the practical effect of the robot and how it interacts with tom hanks and his character finch and i i was convinced i was like yeah my my i didn't have to pretend i didn't have to it was it took very very little effort to suspend disbelief for this film um on top of that i i really liked finch's character i really enjoyed jeff's character the humor in the first half, especially, fantastic. It feels obvious looking back at it, but his naivety was enjoyable. It was it was a lot of fun. I think there's another version of this script where Finch, not Finch, excuse me, where Jeff is like a child, like a human child, right? Mm-hmm. But I really don't think it would work. I don't think that this story and the way it's told and his character works without being a robot of some kind. Yeah. Um, so they really, really took advantage of that sci-fi structure, the sci-fi setting to tell a story that's very much a human story. That's It's not really a sci-fi story, um, except for those that very minor piece where he happens to be a robot, but they took yeah. advantage of all of the, of all of that. And I really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's great science fiction um, because it's not your blockbuster CGI fest spaceships flying around and people i don't know doing superhuman feats and yeah fantasy and dragons and stuff or anything like that there's no force yeah yeah it's post-apocalyptic but it's not um it's not as um vague as the george clean movie we watched a year ago but oh, it's of when it took place or whatnot yeah yeah it, it's but it's vague enough like oh there was a solar flare and those like it was a natural disaster that we made worse with our reaction and but he didn't get into the specifics of it um so you just you just get enough lore to push forward and that's not really where the mystery is right mystery the, the story of finch isn't about what happened it's about how we move forward afterwards and that's mm-hmm. both the world with the, the state of it and with him and uh, Jeff in particular, with with his guilt through everything. No, excellent film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's a solid. It's just, let's say solid hour fifty five or something like that. One hundred and fifteen minutes. There you go. One hundred and fifteen minutes. I saw you know doing a little bit of research four minutes before we jumped online. You know, a few people thought it got it was a little dull, it was a little slow. But honestly, I I, I wouldn't cut anything from this film. This movie is interesting on a couple of different levels. We've talked in the past about how science fiction as it exists 
is something that allows you to do different things. But you can tell you can tell the exact same story ten different ways, right? But is but yeah. you can change it a little bit. Now you could probably say that about a lot of genres, but with science fiction and this type of science fiction, which is ambiguous enough, like this movie obviously takes place post to the year two thousand. The technology that exists, that works, that we see, it's pretty clear. Like the fisheye cameras that he has, like the big the windmills. Mill. Yeah, the mm-hmm. big windmills, like just the cars. Like it's clear this movie is post 2000, right? Not exactly sure what Finch does or did for a living. Um, he's obviously some sort of he's obviously some sort of expert in programming and robotics because he's able to build robots. He's an engineer of some kind. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. I can see where some people said it can be a little dull. I think 115 minutes might be a little too long, but it's hard to go. It's hard to to get from this movie from point A to point B without telling a lot of story. Like you have to have you have to have the scene with the hospital. You have to right. Like that's the whole thing. Is Jeff doesn't understand loss because he's a robot, right? Like, and he was literally just right. born. So he doesn't understand that, like, he doesn't understand object permanence. So when Dewey dies, or I, I guess when Tom Hanks kills him, because uh, he puts him out of his misery, he tells him, he's like, he was one of us. And because of you, Jeff, he's gone, right? You have to have the teaching moment. Um, I mean, I think maybe the scene with the when they're being chased probably went on a little too long. But, I mean, that was eight minutes so I don't think eight minutes was going to make this movie any, like, I mean, no, I don't it literally would have made the movie shorter. <laughs> but it wouldn't have, but, yeah, not right. but any substantial amount. I mean, maybe we could have done without some of the beginning scenes or maybe just, like, shortened them a little bit. But, I mean, I'm picking nits, you know what I mean? I'm not an editor. It's not my job to decide what is and what isn't good enough for a, a feature-length movie. No, I thought that they did a great job of setting the scene. Yeah. They show us the world. They show us who Finch is. They show us dangers. They show us what he cares about when he comes home. Like he he, go, he picks up dog food and then he goes home to the dog. Uh, mm-hmm. We see him. We see how smart he is because he repairs a windmill. You know, he's obviously building the robot. But even before he builds the robot, we see how intelligent he is. We see that he's sick. We don't know where and how. You know, it's probably probably malnourished or uh, so it turns out like radiation poisoning or what have you. Like we we yeah. learn all this in the first the, yep. in the introduction of the movie before we meet Jeff before we know that there's gonna be it. Well, we know there's gonna be a robot because it's on the cover of the movie. <laughs> but if you're just watching it, you know, before we as the audience are supposed to know, we we learn all of these things. So it does. I I think it does a really really good job of showing not telling. Um, like that's two weeks in a row where I get to say that, which has never happened. Speaking of storytelling. That shows and doesn't tell. A finch is a bird. Yes. Finches, when they are by themselves, often become depressed because they're societal birds. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting name choice. Yeah, that is an interesting <laughs> choice. What was his last name? His last name Wein- was Weinberg. Fin- Wein- no, Weinberg. Yeah, Finch Weinberg. Yeah, and he, it's interesting that he's named Weinberg. They just—I don't know. I have nothing for that. <laughs> that nice. That was really nice. Did you? Did you watch this with by yourself, or did you watch this with your wife? I, d- I did. Uh, went bowling last night, and then when we got back, the wife went to sleep, and I decided to stay up and watch Finch. Fair enough. I think this is very much one of those films that, like, there's a lot of films we review, shorts, television shows, other or otherwise, where you have to be in the genre 
in order to to really appreciate it or to enjoy it. I feel like this is this is so much of a human story that anyone you know anyone can watch this. It might be the best example uh, out of the shows that we've watched, out of the movies that we've seen, of just a human story that happens to have science fiction elements, and so it gets on the podcast. Yeah. The only other, there's a few, but the, most of them are cruddy, right? Like only the Battle Tanks prequel was was not great. There was the one where they're going to Mars for away, I think, which is kind of a. I guess it was teaming up to be a, a human story, but it was not great and it was really really boring. That would be a little bit more approachable. And then you have another life, which was this, essentially just a human interest story about this struggle, but it's, it's set in such a science fiction universe. Right. You're not getting the, you know, you're not getting casual non-sci-fi fans to to really get into it. I mean, I, I, we might also like, I don't think we're giving Tom enough credit for this movie in terms of like okay. the choice he made, because it is exactly what you described. This is a science fiction movie in genre only. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you nailed it. This is a movie that you could take any type of person to. You can take, cause I don't like, what is this thing? It's not PG. It's PG 13. It's got yeah. a little bit of the, the violence and I say violence, not violence, but I mean, he's, you know, he burns himself at one point. Mm-hmm. There's a, some mild cursing, but yeah. 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 It's, you could take, you could take a teenager to this. You could take your, you take any of your friends. You could take a parent, a grandparent. This is a good movie that just happens to be a science fiction movie. Like, really. So, yeah. No, I think yeah. you nailed it. Thank you. Awesome. So, I'm assuming you liked it? You didn't really say... Oh, sorry. Um, but for, I'm sorry. Let me go back to that for just a second. Would you have liked this movie if it was called just Bios? I think it, it changes... It's so it's such a weird name change. They don't mention... Maybe that's the cut content would make, mm-hmm. it, would make that name make sense. They don't mention Bios... It makes the focus more on Jeff while naming it Finch right. makes it more about Finch and his legacy. And I, I think I enjoy that a bit more. I think that was a good choice. Um, I also think that from a marketing standpoint, Finch gets you a lot more views. It's fair. That's more butts and seats if this was in the theater. I think like Bios is... <laughs> Bios sounds like a... <laughs> to me, Bios sounds like a game that... Um... Like a live service game that failed and Bioware made it. That's what Bio sounds like to me. There is a short film from 2018 called Bios. Mm. It is eight minutes. It doesn't even have a blurb on IMDb, but it exists. It's Italian, so we're never gonna see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it now. Uh, there's one critic review. Uh, yeah, it's an Italian. So there you go. It is considered science fiction. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. So, I, I don't know. I think marketing-wise, I think Finch is a much better name. I think putting Tom Hanks center, I mean, especially, you're, you know, you're, you're Apple. <laughs> you're Apple TV. Me, And I'm you're Apple. trying to push your new, yes, you are the reincarnation of Steve Jobs. No. You're trying to push your new streaming service. You're trying to advertise it. You're trying to show people that you have the quality content. You are the HBO to Netflix's, you know, over the air programming. Sure. You're the premium, you're the cream of the crop. You got a Tom Hanks movie. You name it after his character and you put him in the in the you know, the center of the poster and it says an Apple original film at the bottom it has the Apple TV logo, you know, little Apple TV plus. Then it says Tom Hanks is Finch. That's how you market this film. That's how you get people to be like, "Oh, well maybe I'll get the 7-day 
trial and check out the new Tom Hanks movie. That's interesting. That's, you know, that I can't because Tom Hanks is not going to show up in a Netflix original anytime soon. I have a feeling I might be wrong. I mean, he might, he might Bruce, Bruce Willis us. I have no idea. I mean, George, George Clooney did, did do it. That's true. <laughs> like, like I, now, I mean, this isn't going to be a Tom Hanks versus George Clooney podcast, but is it not? I think like in their respective spaces, <laughs> I think that, um, I think the fact that, I mean, even Leonardo DiCaprio had his own Netflix movie. So I, I like, we've yeah, talked about, we, we've done this, you're right? We've done this. We've talked about how the, the streaming services are just essentially turning into prestige cable channels. Now, the only difference between HBO and Netflix is HBO has been around since the like, late seventies, early eighties, whatever. So I think that yeah. this is, this is a fun movie. I really liked it. I don't think it does anything really different. I, I can see the, the critical reception talking about how it lacks some originality because you know it's what's like this movie is special because of Tom Hanks and the and and the, and the story around his character that's what makes the movie yeah. special because we're learning about a guy who you know he's he's surviving in a post-apocalyptic world right i mean but how many how many movies or how many books how many games have we experienced where this happens the only difference is is that he decides that you know, well, I mean, he doesn't decide. He's going to die. Like, he knows he's going to die. But there's someone else, even if it is a dog, that he needs to take care of. And the only way he's going to take care of them is if he builds a robot who's got four primary directives. We're not sure what two of them are. But one of them is your basic, oh, I can't hurt a human. Which, I don't necessarily think that that's a good law uh, <laughs> to tell a robot. Especially when um, it's clear that everyone else is going to die. He's going to be the only one left. He probably needs to learn how to defend himself. But his primary objective, his most important objective, is to take care of Goodyear, played by Seamus the dog, <laughs> after Finch is gone, right? And so yeah. we are our, like we are the choices we make. And Finch, he talks about he's made a lot of hard choices, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we like he talks about how like in the movie there was a, an encounter where uh, a young girl and her mother get killed. And he does absolutely nothing to stop it because, you know, there's a chance he might have died. So in his selfishness, he now has guilt because he didn't save these two people. Yeah. And that's that's part of the wisdom that he's trying to impart upon Jeff in this world. All in all, I liked it. I think it was really good. Worth the price of subscription for $4.99. I mean, that's a fourth of what I would have paid to go see this movie in theaters, including my snacks. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's half of a movie ticket, non-matinee. I think, I mean, we're doing this whole Apple TV review to see, okay, for sci-fi fans, somebody who's just looking for science fiction, is Apple TV worth getting? I think twice in a row we've said, well, it's $5. <laughs> and you get this this premium 10 episode, or what we assume will, will stay good based off the reviews and based off the pilot with a 10 episode uh, show with Foundation. You got this excellent Tom Hanks movie. I mean, so far, at least a yeah. month, right? Yeah. Um, we'll be reviewing the show Invasion next, mostly because it's called Invasion. And we <laughs> haven't had a good old alien invasion in a while on the podcast. So we'll be we'll be doing that one next. Well, now he, you know, you're thinking. I can see you thinking. I think Extinction was the last alien invasion movie that we watched, which is Extinction funny. wasn't an alien invasion movie. <laughs> but it was. But, but it was. But was it? <laughs> let's pull up the schedule let's see 
Is are are you an alien to a planet that your species no longer inhabits? That's these are excellent questions. That's a good question. Very good questions. Let's see. Prisoners of Ghostland would have made more sense if they were aliens, but no <laughs> alien invasion. Is enhanced an alien invasion? I don't think so. Enhanced, no. Uh, no. Yeah, it's been a minute. I don't even remember enhance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I hate you. Yeah. The thing, the thing I hate most about Enhanced is on the cover that looks like Armand Asante. That's the thing I hate most about Enhanced. The movie was Infinite. No, yeah, I remember that one. Never mind. That was the yeah. Marky Mark one. Yeah. Occupation Rainfall. Alien Invasion movie where we don't even get to see the Alien Invasion because it's a sequel to the Alien Invasion. That came out on August 30th. So, yeah. So, we're due for an Alien Invasion. It's been okay. four or five months. Six months by the time that comes out. We really should uh, up our ante. <laughs> on the alien invasions <laughs> i'd like to talk real quick about the aesthetic of this movie we watched a movie a couple months ago i say a couple months almost probably a year ago prospect yes that with one pedro pascal and we talked about how what one of the things we liked about that movie and its aesthetic or at least like the creative direction was how it's lived in like it's this it's this huge sprawling space opera these this family's traveling in a like a like a little spaceship slash space pod or whatever. I mean, yeah. Um, and all all the technology appears as if it's barely functioning. And I really like the aesthetic of Jeff. I really enjoyed that we didn't discover that he had a can opener built into his chest until like the final <laughs> ten minutes. Like when that until happened, he did. <laughs> I lol'd like out loud. Like I laughed really hard when that happened. I was like, because the entire movie, I'm like, what is that? Yeah, like you what's know, in like his, you, I just assumed it was servos and when I'd completely forgotten about yeah. anything. Yeah, and he's messing <laughs> with the can and he goes, zunk. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, he's got to feed the dog. Because he doesn't have the fine motor skills to pop the top. Yeah. This movie, post-apocalyptic, all vegetation has died, insects have died. It's just, just, just desolate, unforgiving land. Just sand and stone and it's too hot for them to walk out in the sun. I hate sand. And it's like no like it's completely uninhabitable. It's coarse. Like the earth. And it gets everywhere. And it's completely filmed on location in New Mexico. <laughs> which has just confirmed my bias against <laughs> New Mexico. Why? I've, I've been in New Mexico for a hot minute. Well yeah. I have too. It was very hot. Yeah, it was very hot. Minute, yeah. It was very hot. It was very unnecessary. There's nothing there. It's, sorry. Sorry, New Mexico. <sighs> That's the uh, the demographic that we're alienating today. Have we talked about like how people from... Are people from Me New Mexico called New Mexicans? I don't see why not. What Google it. do you call people from New Mexico? New Mexicans. That's the, that's the nickname. That's that's um that's pretty funny actually. I'm Is a baby like, born in Mexico a new Mexican? Yeah. Oh no. Cool. Uh oh. Cool. Why'd you say uh oh? <laughs> just, just keep going. Just, I just I'm asking the questions. Asking the questions. If a baby born in New Mexico would would should be called a new New Mexican. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Hot takes from the sci-fi wise guys. I think just to sum up. To come full circle, to stop talking about New Mexico, the desolate <laughs> wasteland, worth the price of subscription 100%. You can do a, the seven-day trial and check out a lot of great content. Um, we'll see if it holds up. Uh, we'll see if Apple TV holds up with the uh, 
the next television show and the next movie we're going to review. But so far, it's looking great. Pretty happy with it. I think this is the first movie we've seen in a long time that, or, or television show that isn't based on a book of some kind. Yeah, it's, really it's a so. wholly original. Yeah, I mean, as original as it could be. Yeah. Do you yeah. have an idiot of the movie? Probably the guy that gunned down a mother and child. <laughs> Mostly because he gunned down a mother and child. Like he didn't have to. <laughs> like there was other options, obviously, because Finch took the other option. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the mother for giving the small child a gun and telling her to shoot anyone who walked up to them. Maybe if you work on your de-escalation a little bit. I don't know. I, uh, I mean, I think it's got to be Finch. Oh? Like, I mean, mainly because he's the only person I think that's eligible to be an idiot. Because he's the only person in the movie that well, isn't two I, days old? Well, I mean... <laughs> Dogs are idiot by idiots by default because they just don't possess the higher level brain functions that we do as humans, right? Like maybe not idiot, but just not as intelligent. No, I, no, I take it back. Dewey, Dewey's my idiot of the movie because he got himself killed over some cookies. Rule number one: never pass up <laughs> chance for your next meal. I don't know. That might be rule number two or three. I don't remember the rules. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with Dewey. I'm going with Dewey. I think he's the idiot of the movie. That's my that's my vote. I don't think there really are any idiots yeah. in this film, but no. sure. First robot, I think. Winner. First robot? First robot winner of Idiot of the Movie. Mm. Winner. <laughs> <sighs> oh, anyways. You wanna you wanna b-roll us out of here? I'll b-roll us out of here. We just want to say thanks to everyone for stopping by, for watching, or for listening. Um, if you liked what you heard, head on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Give us a like, thumbs up, subscribe, spread the word, tell your friends. Uh, you know, tell your mom, whatever. Uh, and then after you've done all that, tell your enemies. Because, you know, everyone deserves to listen to us. And then once you do all that stuff, head on over to your social media platform of choice. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. This is this is kind of important, but not important. I've actually uninstalled the Facebook app from my phone. And yeah, I, started exporting out, the... I started exporting out all my images. So I plan on deleting my Facebook account. So if you still are using Facebook, stop. And, well... Use another one. Uh, but sure. you can find us at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. You can subscribe uh, for episode alerts, maybe occasional meme. If you have any suggestions for things that we should watch, email us at scififiwiseguys at gmail.com. I will respond. We've gotten several movie and television show suggestions from several of our listeners. Some of, I think, our favorite episodes, actually, yeah. or some of the favorite movies that we've seen. Except for only, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Well... That's a reflection of the person who suggested it. It is. Email us that, and uh, we'll take it into consideration, put it on the list. Absolutely. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out with us, listening and watching whatever you're doing. Remember to stay safe, stay hydrated, and um, I have—I don't know. There's no life lessons here. Uh, <laughs> you know, just if it comes be- to the apocalypse, be cool, man. You don't have to kill everyone who walks yeah. up to you. <laughs> Be cool, man. Be cool. Just be cool. Just be cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs> be cool. <laughs> Look, man, that's life advice right there. Just be there. cool, man. Just, Just be, be cool. cool. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. <sighs> that might be the best one,
Just keep saying it over and over again. We'll record that for an hour, and that'll be that'll be the episode. Yes. Okay. Are we opening this one up?